Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this double division edition of the bullpen cart. That's right, Maddie D and I preview both the AL Central and the AL West. It's a jam-packed episode, so if there is a specific division or team that you're tuning into, make sure you look in the timestamps for the times that we cover those topics. It is a lot of fun though. Maddie D and I had a Great time discussing them. We also give a quick uh, Sixers update. We were recording this during the Sixers win over the Memphis Grizzlies. So uh, watch out for that. Also a little preview of the match play down in Austin on the PGA Tour. As always, though, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Find us on iTunes. The bullpen card is what you need to search. Thunderblogsports.com, of course, is where you can find all of our great blogs. Thunder BLG is our handle on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. But enjoy this double division preview edition. Thanks again. And we are live. Welcome to this double division preview edition of the Bullpen Cart presented by ThunderblogSports.com. You heard that right. Two divisions for the price of one. Today we do the AL Central and the AL West. Joining me. It's my man, Matty D. What's up, buddy? Well, snow day today in the Northeast. If uh, you're listening from anywhere else, you may or may not have heard that we are getting hammered up here. But um, so we, I got out early. Matt you didn't even go in, way. you know. Um, but no, but regardless, I uh, hope everyone's safe out there too. Yeah. Got some more shoveling to do after the pod tonight. So, uh, whew. Yeah, the benefits of uh, of the uh, the city apartment. You're not re- we're not responsible for shoveling your own yeah, area. Right. Somebody else does that for you. Right. Not bad if you if you have the ability to, to not have to shovel at all. Although it's a good exercise as long as you it is. It's a good workout. You don't throw your back out. Yeah, that's and true. By the way, I think it's apropos that I bring that up because you could totally see a baseball player going on the DL due to a snow shoveling I- injury. That's the kind of injuries that we're used to having baseball players snag. Yeah, so, I mean. Right. We made the joke last time, Mr. Greg Pitelli and I, about how Madison Bumgarner probably had his all of his dirt bikes broken by some member of the San Francisco Giants staff. So stranger <laughs> things have happened right. you know, across baseball. So right. great great uh re-entrance into the, the baseball realm, Matt. <laughs> Try my best. Yeah, you know. So like I said, we're doing two divisions tonight, AL Central, AL West. If you haven't checked out the first two, the AL east and the nl west go check those out you can find them in our feed the bullpen cart on itunes where you can find all of our great podcasts but if you have not listened to the first couple the way that we do this is we will do each team from the divisions in alphabetical order starting with the al central then we'll go move on to the al west we'll go alphabetical order then we'll do how we think they're going to stack up do a little transition then the next division sound good to you matt works well for me All right, so we'll jump right in in the AL Central. We start with the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox last year came in fourth place in the division, 67 and 95, basically because the Tigers sold the you know everything out at the deadline. But we'll we'll get to them. Matt, what jumps off to the paper to you with the Chicago White Sox right off the bat? They're about it to me. They're they're about a year. This like this whole division is a little bit of like a hibernation division right now. Um, but the White Sox are kind of a year ahead to me when it comes to some of the other challenges in the division in terms of uh, rebuilding. 
Mm-hmm. So we know they've moved a lot of guys. Probably the biggest name that was moved with Chris Sale is gone. Um, Melky Cabrera. This was a team that had some big aspirations, but has kind of cooled down. Now they they did make a couple decent moves, but I, I think they're a year ahead. They're in that mm-hmm. kind of phase that I think people thought the the uh, the I'm sorry, the Flyers, the Phillies would be in last year. Whether and then maybe they were. We need we need to prove. We they need to prove to us that their young talent that they've been acquiring can come to play and is actually major league quality. So it's a big year for them in that regard. No, I would agree with that. I mean, there's a number of of you know guys within that second year removed from from Chris Sale because he you know obviously got you know left for the Red Sox a couple uh, seasons ago. But you know, last year was a was a weird year for him. And I think you're right. They still got a number of big names. They got a couple guys you know in, in trades. They got Joaquin Soria, former closer, now in their bullpen. Uh, Jose Rendon they got from San Diego. So, I mean, they got some people that can help out, but I think you're right. I think they're a couple years out from really having some of their bigger name talent really either blossom in the South side of Chicago or move on elsewhere. Yeah, I'm with you there. And that's why I think it's a big year. I mean, they, they've got Jose Abreu, who's fantastic, you know, when he's uh, in terms of being up at, at bat. I think this is the kind of thing where, where they've got to determine if they think keeping him is a smart move or receiving something back is a smart move. So to me, like that's almost their biggest question mark is if they can show progress, that would mean they're a contender in a year or two or maybe three, yeah. then you keep him around. If you still think you're too far, they don't have a lot of pitching, that, then that's where you go ahead and make a move there. Yeah, no, I, w- I would agree with that. I think because just looking through this, you know, back through last year, even to the deadline, they didn't do too much. They kind of stood pat. Um, they had guys like Yohan Mankata go go on and off the DL. So, I mean, it's it's something where I think they want to see what they got, a lot like the Phillies have done and other teams have too. The Phillies obviously stand out to us having lived through through you know the team. But they want to kind of see how these guys in their you know first couple years in the league pre- you know, in the arbitration area, pre free agency, how they're going to develop and, you know, further go along, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, and I should point out too, the White Sox did trade Jose Quintana. Uh, that was be- way before the deadline or kind of before the deadline. We saw the deadline kind of, yeah. kind of develop. Um, I should point that out. I was looking at the, the waiver deadline. Um, so for those that threw their hands up in the air, I apologize trading out Todd Frazier, Jose Quintana, um, even Melky Cabrera. I mentioned Mankata, that that right side of the infield, along with with Garcia out in right field. Big year last year. Yeah, big year last year. I think that's pretty solid. I would say the left side of the field, as you kind of move over that way, gets a little more shaky. Um, the big thing for me, though, is, is starting pitching, kind of where do they fit in? Um, so I, I, I think that might be their biggest weakness. Am I Am I wrong in thinking that? No, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think the division as a whole, minus the top, has some pitching issues as it is. Yeah. What I do like, though, is I think the addition of Wellington Castillo as as a veteran catcher, to me, having a veteran catcher behind the plate who understands how to call games for pitchers is yeah. incredibly important. We saw that here with Carlos Ruiz at the Phillies. You know, James Shields is going to be a starter, but he's kind of just a, a placeholder veteran, I think, at this point, even, you know. Um, yeah. So – that's why, yeah, that's why I said they're very similar to the Phillies in the fact that they seem to have a lot more talent around the diamond than they do in, in, in with arm at the at the moment. 
Um, mm-hmm. which is why if you can find a team that's willing to take on Jose Abreu and you can get one to, well, I wouldn't say one. I think he's good enough, you know, to get, to get like two high quality pitching prospects. Yeah. That, that may be worth it. It's a huge loss, but it, it may be worth it. Um, because they need some, they need some help in that regard in terms of some of the prospects they could bring up. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Don't mind bringing in a guy like Joachim Soria though, to kind of fill in a closer. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think that's really important. Um, bringing up a guy too early as a closer, I think, can expose you a little bit. So but, we saw that with when we ended up moving him, but uh, Giles from from uh, the Phillies went on to the Astros. So don't mind bringing in a, a guy late because it is nice for your own guys to win some games. It can be hard to just maintain constantly losing. So I like that the White Sox brought in a couple of veterans to kind of ease the ship. Yeah, for sure. The guy I have right now on. The at least according to Yahoo on their on their depth chart as their closer is a guy named Juan Minaya. Minaya. He's looks like he's gonna be 28 at the end of the, in the fall, and he really came into his own as a reliever and then a little bit as a closer for part of the season. Only had nine nine saves and ten opportunities, pitched 40 innings. So I mean, I think you could see you know kind of a revolving door of who really solidifies in that closer role for the White Sox. And, you know, I think you're right. I think putting some vets in those key spots, especially at catcher, that's a really good point on Wellington Castillo, I think could help them out here and, and really help their positioning. Right. Now I'm with you there. I, you know, I do also think it's important that they do have some guys in the pipeline. I think the big one would be in the package they got for Chris Sale. We talked about Mercado, but uh, Michael – uh, uh, no, sorry, Kopech, Kopech, I believe it is, mm-hmm. came over as well. Um, he's a big-time right-hand thrower, 6'3", stands tall. He's currently going to probably start the year at AAA, but I would expect him to jump up um, and, and maybe make some starts this year if they feel like he's ready. Uh, okay. He's only 21, so they may, they may let him go another year here in the minors. Um, there's comparisons to Thor. If that makes sense, I don't know. I could see it. Okay, so uh, so, so I'm just going. I'm going to let that one sit and see if anybody else. You know, hopefully you don't watch baseball. So you know when I say Thor, who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> if, you know, here's hint number one. He actually appeared in Game of Thrones. So fun fact. Anyway, um, so got to cut down on the walks a little bit. But here's a guy that could come up this year. So possibly they they may wait if they think. And there's a few other guys in the pipeline as well who could be coming up. So they've got. Um, Three of their top six prospects are, excuse me, are uh, are pitchers. So I'm sorry, four of their top six, three of their top five. So could see what happens there. It could be pretty exciting. They've got a couple guys, but they all do have some work to do in that regard to get them up and ready because we know a lot of times these guys get up to the major league level and they struggle. No, for sure. No, that's a really good point. And I think that's something definitely that you want to watch out for. You know, I think they're in a position where it might be – interesting for them but we'll see but let's move on let's go over to the cleveland indians obviously a huge huge year for cleveland they were the one seed in the al 102 wins it came up oh so short against the new york yankees in the alds matt what jumps off to you with cleveland well to me first of all they are I, I think they're the class of the division. I know we're not doing our picks till the end, but I, I still think they're the class of the division. They have the division's best player as well. 
in um, Francisco Lindor, who I think is an MVP candidate. Um, so they've got some guys around, and they, I think they have the best pitcher in the division in Kluber. So I really think in terms of getting through the division, they're still, they're still the, the odds-on favorites. I think there's one other contender there, but I think they're the odds-on favorite. Um, still a very difficult lineup to kind of look through. Um, and plus they've got some youth as well that can come up. So we really like this team this year. We talked about them pretty heavily last year, actually, yep. thinking that they would do even more, um, and they didn't. Um, so we'll see what happens. But a uh, big fan of them this year. No, absolutely. I mean, it's tough to not be. Uh, you know, like you said, Lindor's there. Jose Ramirez is still there. Uh, they did lose Carlos Santana to the Phillies, but they replaced him with Yonder Alonso. So basically a younger Carlos, Carlos, I almost said Carlos Reese, Carlos Santana. Um playing there at first base uh he's 30 comparatively uh for for that uh reference they still got edwin though they still have jason kipnis they still have eric gonzalez i mean they're they're pretty loaded any which way that you look at them Mm -hmm. uh so i mean i think offensively you're seeing a lot of the same from the indians which isn't a bad thing and i think you're seeing a lot from the you know from their pitching staff both up front when you have starting pitching and you still have a lot of that same relievers, which I think is probably one of the more important parts of it. The only one that you really lose was Brian Shaw, uh, but you still have Andrew Miller. I mean, so you're, you're not really looking, you know, too shaky really on a lot of parts from it. I agree there, but I do think, I think the the rest of the division allowed them to stand pat. And I don't, because you lose Jay Bruce, Austin Jackson's gone, Carlos Santana, Brian Shaw. They're the big names that left out of the door. That sure. might hurt them because there was definitely a little bit of a, a, a American League arms race, and I'm going to point out the Yankees in a different division. But you're competing against these great teams in this in the AL. I, I, they might have been able to make a move or two more, I think. I like Yonder Alonso. I think he can thrive in a situation like this. But I don't think he has the veteran craftiness of a Carlos Santana. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I do think they're a little bit weaker now in the outfield, which okay. does concern me. Um, I'm hoping Michael Brantley's back and really playing strong this year. But they this is definitely a team that you could see make a purchase in the trade deadline if they feel like they can. Absolutely. Um, so that, that may be something that comes up. They do have the number one catching prospect in the minors, Francisco Mia, uh, mm-hmm. 22-year-old. So he might come up at some point this year. They've got a few other guys um, you know, listed, so this could be a pretty good team. But they're not very deep anymore as they used to be. This is what happens when you get good, right? You start you start make trades. You start to lose some of the depth yeah. you expect to have. So they've only actually got two prospects listed in the top 100 right now. Obviously, that changes pretty rapidly. Absolutely. Uh, but – once again, still think this is the best team in the division. I think they walk away with it. But I I also think that they've got holes they've got to fill. By the way, Edward Encarnacion is still there. Mike Napoli is still there. Jason Kittness. So they still have some players. They just got to fit them all in, I think, a little bit better here. Yeah, I just yeah I just read Napoli got sent down to the minors. Um, so yeah, he'll be. But that's a really good point. I mean, it's somebody that, to kind of fill that next one up. Same thing with like a guy like... Uh, Ryan Hannigan was that as was Melvin Upton jr. But they both got released uh, earlier this week. So they're in a, they're in an interesting spot that I think you're right where they can, you know, figure out how to fill it in. But I think the point of buying at the deadline, whether it's regular or waiver wire, um, 
which the reason why we bring that up, we've been seeing more and more of that August 31st deadline really popping up like the Dodgers last year, for instance, um, which is exactly what I was getting at is the Dodgers went out and they got Curtis Granderson when they think they needed to add a little extra spice to their outfield. And I think you're right. Cleveland could absolutely go out and do something like that. So that's, that's a really good point. My only concern though is do they, do they have the ability to do that? What do you mean? Just by prospects and players? Like they don't have the prospects that you would expect a team to have. That's, that's probably my biggest concern. Um, that they just don't have a lot of ammunition left, though. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you could probably try to figure out some type of way to figure it out. I mean, obviously, it depends on how the, the market builds up, too. You know, whether there's a surprise on one side of the coin or the other. I mean, in the American or the National League. And just kind of what teams look for when they make those trades. Uh, you could even... You know, figure out a way for you know to help two, you know two teams out. That's pretty rare, but it's possible. So mm. I think it's you know it's a, it's certainly within the realm of possibility for Cleveland to go out and maybe do that. Maybe they feel good with the team they have and kind of let their pitching do the talking for it, or maybe even to go out and add another you know bullpen arm to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. No, I I would agree. But by the way, I we mentioned him quickly, but Lindor might be he's like a defensive cheat code at this point. Um, and he's a great hitter at 24. So, that, I mean, he's going to be really, really fun to watch still. Yeah. So, I, I'm very like, excited. I, I don't want to, I'll be kind of putting them down. And pro- well, I maybe have more than you about their <laughs> offseason, but they still have got a ton of talent. And they definitely have, to me, the best player in the division and maybe the best shortstop in baseball. Um, and also, we brought up Kluber, but Carlos Carrasco's out there, and he was pretty damn good last year. Kind of expect the same thing because you mentioned their pitching, which I do believe is is that deep. Yeah. Um, so, um, yep. and by the way, Jose Ramirez at third or second, wherever they're going to play. I mean, wherever. Um, third and MVP. Yep, third and Allen's MVP. still there. Mm-hmm. Third and MVP voting last year. There's there's guys on this team that are really good. So I just I wanted to back myself out of the corner I put myself in when I said the Indians didn't do enough. They did enough to compete. Well, no, and I mean, it's it's good that you did because I was going to ask you what could the Indians possibly do to not win the division? And I think it's more another team surprises, but there are possibilities that, you know, they, you know, they come out slow like the Cubs did, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we covered it pretty well, I think. I think so. <laughs> I agree. Uh, well, let's move on then. We go to Detroit, the Rock City. We have the Detroit Tigers who finished in last, uh, really sold the far or the reverse of it. They uh, sold off the, the prized stallions, if you will, um, came in last place with 64 wins, 64 and 98. Going to be a uh, interesting year for Detroit to say the least, in my opinion. You could be more right. They finally did what we had expected them to do and move guys. JD Martinez, Justin Wilson, Justin Upton, Justin Verlander, a lot of Justins, a lot of J's. Ian Kinsler sent packing. They still have uh, Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez kind of feel bad, not really for Victor. I'm, I don't I feel bad. Man, I don't feel bad for anybody in Major League Baseball, but because Miguel Cabrera still has six years, 182 million on his contract, he's kind of stuck there. Um, unless they can figure out some way to do something with that deal and move him somewhere to some team willing to take it on, which I'm sure we can figure out what team that should be. Kind of a shame there, but this is definitely. I think they took a year. I think they took a year too long to make these moves, but mm-hmm. there, this is a full full rebuild year for me. At least in my, the way I look at it, it's got to be full rebuild. 
Yeah, it, I agree with you there. I think uh, you know you got a lot of young guys. You, you still have Jose Iglesias as well, Nick Castellanos uh, playing you know third base right field combo. So you've you're seeing the rise of more of these combo players, which is cool. Um, but a lot of these younger guys that I think you know are starting to put the building blocks together for the team. James Mechanic, catcher John Hicks is there too. He's a little older. Um, but then there's their pitching staff, which <laughs> that's where you start seeing some of the age come in, especially on the starting pitching side. Guys like Francisco Liriano, guys like Daniel Norris or Daniel Norris is 24. I was thinking Bud Norris, uh, the old uh, Houston pitcher. But that's where they really stand out. I think that that young lineup really sands probably Miguel Cabrera and maybe maybe a couple other guys can they're really not going to keep pace with the amount of runs that I think that pitching staff as a whole is going to let up especially on the the starting end right right you mentioned Liriano and, and Jordan Zimmerman is he's 31 yep. um I, I mean I think they've got some they do have I mean, they do have some interesting arms um Mike the other fires is, is there yeah when we talked about them like I don't know if they've gotten a lot of return on some of their uh, you know they're, they're not a uh a hefty high level they're, I, don't, I don't love a lot of their prospects. They've got four pitchers in the top 100, but they're in the back end, really, to me. Yeah. So they've got some pitchers in the pipeline, but they don't know what, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to be special players, uh, at least at this time. Um, so they, they got a little bit of work to do, in my opinion. And I don't know if they found their full re- rebuilding footing yet. If they could find a way to move Cabrera for something, even if you got to suck up a lot of that contract. Uh, maybe i mean he's he's 34 he's got a a contract till he's 40 and i'm hoping if you were close to rent a player i think you'd be a little you'd have a little more luck doing that right the problem is the contract's just so big i mean you just how can you handle that so normally you'd say the yankees could snag him but they've got plenty so they're not moving on him So they got to find somebody that maybe wants him, but I'm not even sure how you do that. So to me, this team is definitely in the bottom half. They, I do have some guys I like. Um, I can't wait to see Leotis Martin in this in the massive center field area yep. um, to cover that. It's going to be fun to watch him meet, zoom around. So that'll be fun. Um, but this isn't going to be. They're not going to be the much must watch Dodgers of a few years ago. No, I no, no, no. I can't no. I mean, Tigers, but. Tigers. I'm sorry. I said Dodgers. Tigers. Not, I mean, the Dodgers are that now, but um, right, right. So they're not going to be the must-watch Dodgers now because they're going to be the the not must-watch. No. Uh, no. I gotcha. Uh, yeah. I mean, there isn't too much else to say, so we might as well just move on. We got the Kansas City Royals, who came into 2017 with probably some some higher aspirations. They end up finishing finishing just below 500. Uh, wasn't too far out of the wild card though. Uh, they were five games out behind a team that we're going to uh, finish up with in this division, the, the Minnesota twins, but Kansas city 80 and 82 in 2017 and 2018 could be, you know, really could go either way. I think for, for them, you know, they lost some guys to free agency. Uh, so it could be, could be interesting in my opinion. Yeah. I think the free agency thing really hurt them because yeah. it didn't it didn't stock up that that the, the prospects you'd maybe like to see that you normally find. This is not the the fun amazing team we had a few years ago. 
Yeah, it's like uh, the Kansas City Royals of like the mid two thousands, where they had right. a guy who becomes really good, and then they lose him immediately as soon as you know they really start getting it going. Mm-hmm. You know, thankfully they at least got a ring out of it. Right. No, I'm with you there. I, I just think it's going to be uh, that. You know what? That that does make you feel better when you hear that that they got a ring. Uh, no. So I'm happy for them in that regard. Um, but there's just not a lot going on to me for the Royals this year. Um, I mean, Lucas Duda doesn't get me out of my chair. John Jay is more of a, a situational player. Um, but the bill came. I mean, that's right. That's the way you look at it. the bill. The bill came for their runs in 14 and 15. Um, <laughs> I love the pieces it. are gone. They no. had to pay and they, they waited. I mean, you, you want to say they waited a year too long, but you can't move the guys in 2016 after you win this, you know what I mean? So they really just, they just kind of had some guys who kind of peeled out. Um, they're, they're in stage. So like to me, the White Sox are in stage two, the Tigers and Royals are in stage one, but I think the Tigers, I think the Tigers are slightly ahead of the Royals in terms of their rebuilding. I don't know if they're going to be better this year, but they're ahead in terms of their rebuilding. The Royals are, but neither of them is, very far along. No, I would say yeah, that the Royals, at least right now, could do, depending on how their season goes, because, of course, we said this in 2015 after they ran at the World Series and basically played with this massive chip on their shoulder where we weren't sure where some of their players were coming from, obviously some or where this play was coming from. Obviously, the players took that to heart, and now a lot of them have earned those contracts. There's so right. you, As you so eloquently put it, you know they got served the bill, and decided to pay it with somebody else's dime. Uh, but they still have that that pitching staff that is, you know, it, it can still be pretty solid, right? You know, they're, especially that bullpen is still, mm-hmm. is still intact for the most part, which that was their, you know, bread and butter. I just think that it's so tough for them, especially having lose, lost, lost, a number of players that really were a, a lot of the building bricks. I mean, Mike Moustakas came back, but like you said, Lucas Duda was a massive hole, you know, right at, right at first base. Right. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of other people that are that sit on that, that depth chart aren't really doing it too much. So I think if they can put something together, we might have a quieter deadline from, from the Royals. But if they, if their offense is doing shit, and their pitching staff looks, you know, still looks pretty solid. I think you could make a case that that the Kansas City Royals try to make some type of sell-off to you know, retain some younger, cheaper contracts or get some cheaper contracts. Right, right. I'm with you there. I think um, I think they're kind of still tearing down the skyscraper. They're not building the foundation yet. Yet, I think they're Good close. Way to put it. I just think they've got a lot. They they still need to move some guys. Um, the, the question is, is bringing back guys like Moustakis and maybe even Hosmer, if you, but are they, is that like a money question? Like, are they just trying to make money? Are they just trying to fill seats by bringing back the old guys? You know, no. that's not how you rebuild, but sometimes, you know, owners have to do what owners have to do to turn a profit, I guess. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but that worries me a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of sad. They, they, I, you know, guy like Hosmer, I caught a video the other day of his last at bat in Kansas city where they just knew he was on his way out. That's kind of sad that, that, you know, this smaller market team just knows that kind of thing that they're, they're gone. But I mean, that's where the rise of, you know, baseball analytics, 
sabermetrics, mm-hmm. all that stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're right, though. Like bringing back a guy like Mustakis, could you have gone out and maybe found found a couple other a couple other guys to build that foundation instead of starting to tear it down? But maybe it's an ease out. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think. I mean, one of the reasons why baseball is great is because they do have this ability to just just overturn. I mean, just um, have that kind of parity. No. Um, you know, we see the Indians have risen. Looks like the team we're going to talk about next is doing the same. Um, that's yeah, big. For me. So, yeah. I mean, I still like it though. I still think this is. Uh, I, I but like it's tough to watch a team that was so much fun to watch a couple years back have the struggles they're now having. Oh, for sure. No, but that's a. Uh a good way to, to kind of transition to the Minnesota twins who were one of the more exciting teams in 2017, uh, really coming out of nowhere, uh, finishing with 85 games, the second wild card coming out hot in that wild card game too. It looked like they were going to run away with it, but the Yankees came back uh, and really all they've done since is look better and better, you know, at least on paper. Am I wrong to think that? No, I don't think you're wrong to think that. I think the the only concern being is they were such a shock last year. Can they continue that? Mm-hmm. So, like, can can they keep it up? So, I do think they could be pretty good. They were in. They were in on a lot of guys this year. They didn't necessarily get them. We'd heard you know, you Darvish rumors. Yep. Um, my concern being Irvin Santana is going to looks like he's going to possibly miss the first month of the season with some injuries. Yeah, so they got to expect some of the guys that had big years to at least be close to those big years again, and that's the part that's hard. But they also have the guy that's probably going to start to compete with Lindor for most exciting guy in the division in Buxton. So I wouldn't count out Brian Dozier either. That guy can hit the shit out of the ball. Oh, uh, yeah, we saw that for sure. Once yeah. again, though, he's one of the guys that maybe wasn't expected to have that kind of year. So can he do it again, kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, he's always had a good amount of power, I'd say. That's, but he, that's true. the one thing that I would say too is, kind of keeping it in the infield is that you got guys like Joe Mauer's getting up there in age. He's 34. Now you bring over Logan Morrison who is 30. So that, you know, I don't know if the, I, I assume that Mauer just play is the starter and Morrison's kind of a guy to sprinkle in here and there. Maybe I don't, I don't think he platoon him, but you, I think you're right. Byron Buxton. There's a lot of different articles that are out there of whether or not, you know, he's going to have this, you know, can he catch lightning in a bottle again? Can he be this guy that we've talked about as the guy for Minnesota for so long? Uh, but I think the rest of that that outfield core, whether it's Robbie Grossman, Max Kepler, Eddie Rosario, I think you can really help with that committee and and really put something together that that could be pretty special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree, I, but I do think forgetting you, Darvish, for a second. I, this is the kind of team you would have liked to see get a Jake Arrieta, mm-hmm. maybe Lance Lynn. No, they did get Lance Lynn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Right, but but another against Lynn. I think he's a, I think he's a pretty good pitcher. But Arietta would really lead that front line if you think he's still a good player. Sure. Um, you don't necessarily want to break the bank if you don't think you're ready. They may also think they've got a couple years, you know, with the core, so they're not as in, they're not as much in a rush as say the Indians are. Or an, an aging team, but mm-hmm. it would have been nice. I mean, I thought the I thought the Phillies got a pretty good deal, three years, seventy five million. The Twins might be able to pay that, but not sure if they could or not. So sure. I just think a little disappointed they didn't come away with a little bit more. I guess. Yeah, you know, I think in the pitching, again, it, it comes in the into that same point of 
I wouldn't say they're as small of a market as Kansas City, but kind of doing what you have to do to put together a team. So getting guys like Logan Morrison, not really throwing everything at a guy like Arietta. I mean, the Phillies, the Phillies have been a rumored team to get Jake Arietta, and there were other teams too, but they have been on that rumor since about December, and it took a three-month waiting game to do that and really negotiate down Boris to the point where they're not paying an arm and a leg for a guy that they don't want to build around for the future who's getting up there and like you said is it really do you do you still believe he's good uh-huh. you know i think getting a guy you know say what you will about him like a lance lynn or jaco to rizzi two guys they added into the starting rotation i think that helps out a ton because it adds it adds a good veteran presence to guys like a jose barrios who's who's sitting up there on their rotation, had a pretty solid year. Irvin Santana, you're right, is going to be a little hurt. Kyle Gibson's up there uh, for the starting pitching as well. So, you know, it'll be interesting of, of how they come out, but I think that that team, along with a pretty solid relief core, it might be a little older than you would want out of it, but it's still solid. Addison Reed's pretty good coming over from the Mets. Zach Duke, former starter, he's still pretty solid. Fernando Rodney, he did, you know, he's still a pretty good closer, you know, and he he's 41, but he could be, he could be dominant still. Uh, he, he, no, he's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, to me, this is the only team that's even going to challenge the, uh, the Indians. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, but I think, I think they're kind of, I don't think they're all in. I think they're going to be waiting basically till next year. No. Maybe, maybe that that's their play. I think they're going to, I think they're a year away though. I would agree with that. If you're if you're Minnesota, unless you're leading the division and you need to basically buy yourself some type of bottom protection to not get too hot and then just go ice cold down the stretch in the pennant race, uh, I think you are staying absolutely pat. You're not making any sort of trade to go one way or the other because you're probably pretty solid in second place, uh, which we'll get to in a second, but. You know, you don't want to be – you want to be smart about it. Right, right. No, I'm with you there too. No. Um, and I know like just, you know, as we as we start to get into our picks here, I would make the bold statement that none of the teams on this – in this division will be in the World Series this year. That's the way I look at in it. In the World Series? In the World Series. Yep, and I don't, I don't even think a wild card is coming out of this division this year. The latter I, I absolutely agree with. The former – I could see. Okay. I could see. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to to say one because we all thought that that Cleveland was going to run away with it, especially how hot they were, uh, and then Houston just you know stormed with it, stormed away with it, and then almost gave it up to the Yankees. So baseball is funny that way of of one way or the other. But I could I could see, and we'll we'll move now into the, into the picks. But I could see the team that I that I come in second not being a wild card team again but we're going to start from the bottom Matt who do you got in fifth place I'm actually going to take the Kansas City Royals in fifth oh, place okay yeah I I'm not a big fan of re-signing the veterans they have I I just don't think they have a lot I think there I think there's also going to be an emotional toll as well mm-hmm. knowing that you've done this basically yeah. knowing that you're still you're not there's no rebuilding passion there's just tear down, you know, sadness or whatever you want to call it. 
very so, antiquated way of uh, of building a team. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I just I think yeah. I think they're dead last to me. So there's who I have coming in, in the in the cellar this year. Okay, I was gonna go. I go with Detroit. I okay. think they're a little uh, a little barren, and I think there isn't a ton they can do. You really hit on the point of they have a couple guys that they're paying a lot of money and can't really do a ton with. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they get kind of locked up there, and you know it, it's you know not, not really much else they can do. Yeah. I, okay. I, I mean, Detroit's my next one, so they're yeah. right behind. Um, I just think there's enough youth and enough excitement. So uh, I'm. I think they, they. They. I mean, we're talking about two teams that I think both teams. I think the Royals lose 100 games. I do, and I think, and I think, I think Detroit is close. So I'm just really unimpressed with with the Tiger. I mean, with the Royals. Um, like I said, I they, to me the yeah. they have, and I hate to say this, got a little Philly feel to them. Well, like the the like when the Phillies, Phillies were like three or four years ago, when the Phillies were starting to go downhill. They still brought some veterans back. Now they were they were resigning those guys during their run. Yeah, I was about to say but, the Phillies were a little different because they had they were stuck in long contracts. They're kind of like where Detroit is. Right, right, but I just still don't like. I I'm not a. If I was a Royals fan, I get it. You bring back the guys you fall in love with. You know, I I hated the day where Jimmy Rollins left. I hated the day where Chase Utley left, and and Cole Hamels and, and so forth. But I just think I just didn't like their off season. I and I didn't and I and I and I don't like where they are yet. So anyway, I don't want to harp too much at the bottom here. So oh, I, think yeah, yeah, so, I think the Royals is 100 games though. Okay, so you then have Detroit. Mm-hmm. And my fourth, I have Chicago. I think – I feel like your bottom is very close to where my bottom two are, your bottom okay. three. Uh, I just think Chicago is kind of getting there, figuring it out. We talked about it a little bit with with half of their their fielding lineup looking solid. Their pitching is going to be there, but I just think it's not enough this year. I think you might be able to sell a little bit or, or maybe you stay pat. Um, maybe that's why they're in your third spot, but I think they're fourth for me. Okay. So, so you have, I mean, you have the Tigers, then the White Sox, then the Royals. Yeah. I have the Royals third. So I have KC third, basically almost like the 2012 Phillies, which was really where they started to go down. Uh, I forget where they finished, but they were around 500. I think the Royals had the potential to do that, especially with that pitching staff. Okay. So I'm going to be a little more optimistic with them, but that, Again, if that batting lineup doesn't come out, if they come out really cold and can't manufacture runs like they did in the World Series title days, uh, it could be a very long season for them, which I think is where you're coming from. Yeah, me too. Yes, because I also think that while the rest of this division doesn't necessarily have pitching, it does have enough bats that um, it, even as good as your pitching staff may be, if you're not helping them with some runs, it could be a little bit of a problem. Um, White Sox, to me... I just, I, I mean, the White House, I, mean, I, just, I just like enough of what they have in terms of uh, some of their guys stepping up. So okay. I have them solidly at third. Um, I'm excited for this team in like three years. And they've got enough youth um, in three years, assuming they keep Jose Breu, which I, I hope they do, because you hate to see teams like have to continue to, to rebuild and tear down even when they've got guys. So I've got, oh, for them, sure. I've got them as my third team. I, I'm pretty confident with with that one as compared to like the bottom two and, and what they're going to do. Yeah, I would agree with that. If I had to buy a stock in a team, it'd definitely be the white Sox. Uh I mean, they're, they're so young and it'd be nice to see them he- hang on to Jose Abreu, but you know, who knows how the season shakes out. If somebody goes down for another team, you don't wish on that, but you know, you never, you never see, no, but is, let's get out. He is 31. So yeah, I, I mean, still, but, rel- I mean, 
first baseman play for so goddamn long at this right. point, especially like he could pl- he could be a DH until you know the cows come home. I feel like, yeah. um, but we, we, let's move on. Let's get out of the let's oh, get out yeah. of the bottom here. So I'm assuming, by the way, both of us have talked. We have the Minnesota Twins in second, and the Indians winning it. Now, if we had to guess, or if you had to guess. Where do you think, and I think I have an idea of this, but how many wins do you think both both grab? I I like the I, – I, I am with you. I'm taking the Twins as second and the Indians as, um, as first in division. Yeah, I like the Indians to be somewhere in the very high 80s, um, and, I, and I like the Twins I, – I don't think it's that. I, I think the Twins get it close. Mm-hmm. So I I like I like the Indians at like 90 91 and I like I like the Twins at like 81 82. Okay. Yeah. I like so, that. Okay. I was going to say like mid 90s and mid 80s. Mid 90s for Cleveland, mid 80s for for Minnesota. Okay. I think there is definitely a uh, huge disparity between the top and the bottom of you know a large range if you will to use uh, some old school math terms from elementary school. Um, but yeah, I think Cleveland's got enough to, you know, take a couple steps further in the division to, to hands down win it. Yeah. I'm with you though. I said, I just, I'm, I see this division as taking a half step back this year overall. Um, I, I still like the Indians by the way, and they're going to win the division for the third straight year, unless a, a surprise team like the twins or, or somebody or the Royals or the White House go crazy. Um, but I'm not as high on this team as I was last year. No, I, I mean, I'd agree with that for the most part. I think the way that other teams did load up, and we're going to get to some in the AL West in a second, I think uh, you know, the AL Central, it, it is going to take a step back. I think it's going to be more like we thought it was last year, where not a lot of people were too high on the Royals, and then the, the, the Twins came out of nowhere. Right, right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I think, once again, that's the cool thing about baseball is teams just get hot, and then... They got some guys who all of a sudden start to believe, and next thing you know, we're on our way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. Now, before we get to the AL West, I got to mention our Sixers are at the half against the Memphis Grizzlies. Almost said the, almost said the Memphis Tigers, <laughs> but that's a different sport. The Memphis Grizzlies, 58-44. You got Joel Embiid with 14 points. You got the Grizzlies with no Tyreek Evans. But, you know, the Sixers have been looking better and better and better game after game. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> but I have my one big concern with what I've seen from the Sixers. At least I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name two guys that you're probably going to go, oh, no, is the, the issue with – giving Ilyasova and Bellinelli so many minutes is mm-hmm. that it does hurt your defense. Okay. So we were we are still say that great. about Ilyasova. I'll give okay, I'll give you Bellinelli more than Ilyasova, but I still yeah. think I still, still there's a reason the two were purchased. You know, we're basically bought. We 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 just we just paid to have them brought here. You know, we you know, so yeah, we signed both of them. We didn't trade for them. Right. And there's a reason you you could sign both of them. My no. only concern is come postseason our teams are good teams going to be able to exploit them because they're very useful for us. I mean, they're great vets um, and you love their ability to, to, to spread the ball outside too, which is super important for our team, but does, does it affect us in that regard? Uh, and they're also not creators. 
so as much. So that, that might hurt you as well in a, in a very difficult playoff game where a teammate starts to slow you down and force you to find guys who can do it. Okay. But, um, but I mean, I mean, I've been, I've been as I've been pleasantly surprised with the Sixers' health, with their grit and their ability to to, to win some games. And this is the kind of game you got to beat the Grizzlies. They're not a good team. Yeah, so, absolutely. Nice little lead at the break. Good end of the half there with um, with JJ making that nice three. Just keep pounding away at these guys. This should be a team where you can rest Embiid and Simmons, but particularly Embiid in the fourth quarter. That's what you're looking for, I think. Yeah, you would hope. You know, I mean, I think uh, I'll ask you in a second, but I think with the certain other teams that are playing tonight, you might be able to make some headway in the standings. But off the top of your head, what seed do they finish at? Well, I think they end up as a fifth seed because I think the Cavs are there, and and I and I think um, I actually think the Pacers jump ahead, and I think the Wizards st- stumble a little bit. But either way, I, I like I like them as sliding into that fifth seed. Yeah, I agree with that. I I would like to play Indiana. That'd be that'd be a fun series to watch. And you're a little you're suited to play them and the Wizards very well. You've played against them well all season, uh, but yeah, right now playing the Cavs worries me. I don't want to play. I don't want any of the Celtics. Right. You uh, don't want Toronto Celtics or Cavs. I would almost want Toronto over the Celtics and Cavs. No, I do too. I the Boston is the least I want, by far the right. least. Then the Cavs because you now beating the Cavs in Cleveland. I feel confident against against the Raptors. I do not feel confident at all against the Celtics or the Cavaliers. Yeah, well, you know what? I say that, and I, I say the fifth seed. But then, like, <laughs> this is the problem with, with how tight the middle pack is, though, because the Bucks could be there. Look, look, there's – I mean, there's – look, I'm just happy we're in the playoffs. But I'm happy we're in the playoffs. Well, we're going to be in the playoffs, I should say. Well, first of all, the Pistons have fallen so flat that there's just no chance we miss now, really, uh, unless we literally lose the rest of our games. But I wouldn't mind playing Miami, but I think that's going to be a long shot. Um, There's a lot of finagling that has to happen. Right, there's just so much that can go on. But I I like us somehow finding our way into the fifth seed because of our strength of schedule down the stretch. Exactly. Um, And I think we pass the Wizards, but I think the Pacers stay ahead of us. Okay. Um, You know what? That's a really exciting series. And we'll go from there. I mean, I mean that's going to be a great test for us because the Pacers are a pretty good team, um, but not a great one. I would love to have Victor Oladipo on our team. Oh, I think anybody would. <laughs> what a fucking season he's had. Exactly. Yeah, but perfect by transition. Way, by the at way, least, uh, fair, by the way, real quick. I know, I know we're transitioning, but that Toronto is going to have to face the Greek freak potentially in the first round. That'd be a fun, Doesn't that fun suck, series though, to watch. Like to me, to me, suck, worst, be, that'd yeah. be fun to watch. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Moving on. I just had to bring it up because no, 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 no. I'm glad you did. It also gave us the perfect transition to be able to uh, get set for the next division. We move on to the AL West, obviously home to the Houston Astros, which is where we start World Series champions from last year. A great, great season from Houston. Matt, do they repeat as champions, or do they have the potential to repeat as champions? Well, they definitely have the potential to repeat as champions because they've got two, they got three or four of the best players in baseball. Like, yep. and it's to me, it's not even close. Yes, and I, uh, they, I think they're going to repeat as champions. Boom. I don't I, already I, got it out of them. I gave away the damn it. I didn't. I didn't mean to do that. That's not fair. That's why. Um, that's why I. Uh, I Changed it up on you. Yeah, you got him with the curve. Screwed me up. But that being said, I think the rest of the division is starting to get. It's starting to rise up in this case. Yeah, I would agree. 
watch watch is you know something that they, they need to be concerned about at least there's going to be more and, and and one team in particular which i'm very excited to talk about no but, absolutely but yeah. and uh, don't worry if, if you know somebody misses this and they decided to not to not listen further past me fucking up the the white socks uh you know that you might be you might save yourself from that but houston to me did all the right moves right out of winning a championship. They kept a lot of the same guys. You still got George Springer. You still got Carlos Correa. You still got Jose Altuve. You still got Alex Bregman. You mm-hmm. still got Yuri Gurriel, who's going to start the season on a suspension. Still got Evan Gaddis, Brian McCann. I mean, and then... No, you didn't bring... Josh, watch for Reddick to bounce back. No, that's true, too. Josh Reddick should have a great year. excited about him. Um, they still have Garrett Cole, a high pick. Well, uh, no, they... Oh, they, I'm sorry. They don't still have him. They just got him. They just got him. Excuse me. I miss miss. But they still have Verlander. They still have Keichel. They still have McCullers. They still have Charlie Morton, former Philly starter. Mm-hmm. They still got Kenny Giles. They still got a great relief, you know, basically carnival of relievers. I mean, that pitching staff, more as great as their offense is, that pitching staff is just so much, is going to be so much fun to watch. Day after day after day after day, it's going to be great. Yep. Oh, and by the way, they they actually still have a pipeline. Watch no. out for Forrest uh, Forrest Whitley, six seven, twenty year old, number nine, number two right handed pitcher prospect in baseball, number nine overall. Mm-hmm. Like this team has got guys still because they did a lot of home growing, and the guys they traded for, they were able to do without giving, you know, th- yes, they've moved some guys, but but I liked what they've been able to do in terms of keeping a couple guys around for the future. They're also still super young, so it's not like they're, you know, a- 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 that bad. And, they, and they've got, I would say Carrera and Altuve are the best middle, two, the best package middle infielders in baseball, and two of the top 10 at worst players in the league, if not top five, if you like. Uh, so there's just so much talent on this team. No, I mean, give me the reason then, because we saw it personally with the 2011 Phillies. There are a lot of other teams that we could name off here that on paper were supposed to be these runaway success stories and then came short. Give me a reason why, or a couple reasons if you have them, the Houston Astros don't repeat as World Series champions. So I'm gonna well I'm gonna say well don't repeat as World Series champions. I just think it's to me it's 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 somewhat luck in one terms of who's hot at the World Series. Oh sure. I, I was gonna I was gonna I thought you were gonna ask repeat as division champions, and I was that gonna too. Say, well, it's the same thing as World Series champions though. It's uh, the hangover effect, and I think a lot of teams go through this, which is why you don't see a lot of back to back World Se- World Series champions. Mm-hmm. You don't even see a lot of back-to-back World Series. Like it was pretty impressive that the Royals made it two years in a row. Mm-hmm. So that to me is the biggest thing. They have as much talent as anybody in the uh, American League across the board. Like they really don't have a lot of holes when you look at their their roster. One sure. thing I would say is non-closing relief pitchers can be hit and miss. That's one of the spots where you got a guy who's really good one year and not as good the next year, and you can't figure out why. And it, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you why. Um, but okay. they're deep enough to withstand an injury or two to their pitch starters, to their batters. But I think relief pitching is a spot where, which is why you see a lot of relief pitchers trading hands, is a spot where you may see them make a move around the deadline to grab somebody. Yeah. 
I know. Yeah. I mean, I think the way that they were able to get guys like, you know, get, go get Garrett Cole. You get, you move around contracts, either whether it's avoiding arbitration with George Springer or giving Jose Altuve this great extension where, you know, you figure, figure out how to restructure that contract to be both player friendly, obviously, but also team friendly. I think that does really well for them. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they have guys in the pipeline it helps them a ton. That's something like to use the 2011 Philadelphia Phillies as an example, you lost that. But I think that they were able to upgrade on some some parts of it. Um, you know, they lost Liriano to Minnesota. We talked about that before. Um, you know, other guys are now going to probably should step up. You know, Josh Reddick's a guy you mentioned. Um, Mike Fires no longer with the team. Um, you know, went also to Minnesota. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they all how they all come together. But I think that that solid core is a uh, it's tough to tough to argue against. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Like I said, I, and I and I also think the big thing here for them though is that. While I like a team or two in the division, mm-hmm. they're not there yet. Yes, the, like they don't. They don't have a like. We talk about the Indians, but mm-hmm. the Twins seem to be there now. We we're going to talk about the rest of the division, obviously, and some of the teams that may possibly surprise. Mm-hmm. But there's no major contender in the division that you could see making a, a, an immediate problem. Basically, yes. So well, let's then move oh, on. I'm to- so sorry, real quick. Pretty sure MB just megged Gasol. For an assist on a Reddick three. Anyway, sorry, moving on. I, I apologize. It was so cool. I gotta see just it what did Mas- Gasol megged to put it between his legs. Ah, uh, not a bounce pass. Anyway, sorry. Moving like on. It. Moving on <laughs> mm-hmm. to the next team in the division. Yep. The team that I have been waiting so hard for because I love one of the guys, and you already know who that is. It's the Los Angeles Angels. Next time, unless I miss Anaheim it. of yeah. California. Of America, of which America, North America, (laughs) of the world. So give me your thoughts on the Angels. Yeah, so the guy you mentioned, and it's even a non-baseball reason why you love him, but it's worth noting that he's a diehard Eagles fan. It's going to be a Philly in like 2022 after they win, after the Phillies win the World Series in 2020. Trade Trade from this year. Anyway, it's Mike Trout, one of the best players in baseball. But the Angels come in with one of the most interesting lineups after a pretty good offseason, I would say. My immediate reaction is that they could make a push. I'm not sure if they do or if they end up you know, in the playoffs, but I think they make a push by some of the way that they put this team together, whether it's getting a guy like Zach Cozart, getting Justin Upton, I mean, this team. Ian Kinsler. Could, Ian Kinsler. Yeah, I mean, this team. Yeah. This team could make a push, and it's really not, you know, not out of the out of the ordinary to to say that sort of thing. Right. Agree there. Um, I really am excited. These team finally tried to do something for the best player in baseball. Yep. Hands down, not even close. You can talk to me about Altuve, about Chris Bryant. I don't care. Mike Trout. And don't even bring up the guy that plays in our nation's capital. To me, Mike Trout is the number one player in baseball. It's not close. I would agree. Um, and he's been breaking some records with that. 
Mm-hmm. So he hasn't struck out yet in the spring league, by the way. Like that's how talented this kid is. Wow. Um, so I'm really, really, really excited. I will say this though. I want to temper the expectations involving one particular person, the um, the Asian Babe Ruth. I think it's is it Sho Sho Shohei Shohei Otani. Otani, yeah. He oh, nothing against the guy. I do think he's going to be a good player, number one prospect in baseball, according to most reports. That being said, he is not going to step into the majors day one. No. But I would not have a problem with him starting him in the minor league. I don't care if you want him to pitch and hit. He's going to need a little bit of time to adjust to the speed, as most players do. Yeah, he has not looked impressive in spring training. If you haven't seen the yeah. highlights, go look him up. I mean, he's gotten introduced to the major leagues a number of times, whether it's been at the bat or especially when he's been pitching. He's gotten taken yard a number of times. So I think I think starting in the minors is probably probably the best bet to at least like get him just get him kind of caught up to playing, you know, a little more Americanized baseball. Um, just kind of how we, you know, how it's kind of the cult without the culture shock really overtaking him, especially in LA. Mm-hmm. Right. By the way, Mike Trout was in the minors. Like yep. um, Hank Aaron was in the minors. Uh, pretty much every great player that you know of spent some time in the minors. Even Bryce Harper, who I'm not a big fan of, but was in the minors. Yep. So they're all in the minors. So it's okay if he starts there because he's got to catch up to the game speed. And there's, yeah. you know, and so anyway, um, just want to temper the expectations there, but I think they did a great job acquiring some guys that could really help them put a team in front of Mike Trout to help him because it's been a shame that you've kind of let him go. By the way, I like, I'm, I feel a renaissance here from Albert Pools. Yeah. I mean, we did this last year where we played the, who who scored higher in certain statistics, Trout or Pujols? Batting behind him, he hasn't had bad seasons. It's always been this kind of he wasn't the dominant player he was in St. Louis. He's done decently well with the Angels. So, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think putting together this lineup that they have where you went out and got Upton last year at the, the waiver deadline, you got a guy like Cozart, you got – you know, other guys that will probably step up, Kinsler being another one, you know, that you can kind of give Poulos a little bit of relief and see if he, you know, does have this renaissance year. And I think he absolutely could. I'd look out for Garrett Richards to have a good, to have a good renaissance year. If he stays healthy, that's probably one of their only real flaws. I would say is probably their pitching staff in general, but I'd say starting pitching, because really, outside of uh, outside of Garrett Richards, it's starting to get a little bleak. Yeah, I mean, I do really think that pitching is one of the biggest uh, biggest things that they need to do. Yeah, um, that they need to find a way maybe to get somebody. Um, this would be a good team to, without having a ton in the prospect bank, could they find a way to get some kind of a veteran starter in here if they think they're going to be contending? I mean, yeah, you know, this is. But I think they're going to surprise, and I think they're going to. I think they're going to have a good season, so I'm pretty excited for that. But they definitely are, and as they've had for a while, they need some pitching help. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm not sure what you do to get it. That's the only issue. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that all goes. But let's move on to the next team in the division. We have the Oakland Athletics. 
a team who I'm not sure where to go with them. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, they have some good good guys that uh, could potentially help them out, but they're basement dwellers. They were 75 and 87 last year. I mean, Matt, what's your immediate reaction to the A's? Well, there, if there's one team outside of the Phillies that I love seeing have being successful, it's the Athletics, and I think part of it's their jerseys. I just something about them I love. Oh. Um, they definitely, to me, are going to be still in the rebuild mode. They have guys. I mean, Chris Davis, Matt Olson. Um, Olson's a guy I really like. Yeah, there's just not a ton. Uh, moving on from Sonny Gray, they have. Well, because because they moved on from him, excuse me. Um, they've got a lot a lot to go. Very very Oakland style here as yeah. they continue the rebuild. So, once again, there's no team I want to see do better, but I think they're a ways away. Yeah, the interesting with them the thing with them is that they go out and get some older guys. Like they just got Trevor Cahill the other day, starting mm-hmm. pitcher, a little bit older. Could be a you know he could be an impact guy just in the sense of. Helping out, you know, he's 30, so I don't have the terms of his deal of how long it is. Um, or it's just a one-year contract. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just a one-year, yeah. So he could help out, I mean, in terms of getting some of the younger guys some help uh, and, and seeing how they develop with it. You know, like a, a Jareel Cotton, for instance. Um, you know, Kendall Graverman. Uh, Graveman, no R in there. But... Other guys that they have in there, they got Jonathan Lucroy. They got you know Ryan Healy still hanging around there, even though he's you know maybe not the or no he's he's out. Excuse me, um, but they got Jed Lowry still. I, you know, so it could be it could be one way or the other of how they how they go. I, I agree with you though. I, there's something about the about the the A's. It must be the white cleats. That's probably what it is for me. With the white cleats and the, I I like the all whites. I really like the all whites. I, no. I like the green. I just I'm a big athletics guy for some reason. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. my guy in uh, be a pro in MLB 17. The show was an A, so Smart man. shout out to him. Uh, but <laughs> it, you know, I mean, I think it's just tough. Um, Healy, by the way, we'll we'll get to, but the rare in division trade. Uh, to the to the Seattle Mariners, but he's a guy that uh you know maybe they they could have sold a little early on him, but we'll see we'll see how they how they do it. It's a team that I that I'd hope gets a little bit out of the out of the uh, the bottom, but they got a guy like Stephen Piscotty who could be a who could be a nice impact player in the outfield for him. So they're making those smart moves. It's still Billy Bean's team. Oh, I agree. I agree with you there. Um, by the way, fa- guy, I'm, fa- I'm interested to see what he does this year. Chad Pinder is a a, a jack of all trades defender, and right now he's mm-hmm. a chance that he backs up basically every infield position. I just love guys that play a lot of positions. It's just a fun thing to watch in my oh, mind. Oh, for sure. So I just, I mean, it's just a fun fact for you there. Um, by the way, they have more names than you think, though, with Luke Roy and and Lowry and Joyce. It's just it's just it's just fun to see. But they also just have very little in pitching, and they're not as well stocked prospect wise as you might expect an Athletics team to be. They've got a couple guys, but they don't they don't have any big names that seem to be jumping up right away. Mm-hmm. That being said, this is a Billy Bean team, so you expect a couple guys to surprise you at some point. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It'll just um, be tough. It will be. It'll be with how exciting this division is. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll let's be- move on to a team that I also really hope does well just because they've been seemingly on the do- knocking on the door for what seems like a couple decades now. That is the Seattle Mariners, who could be very competitive as we always think they're going to be, or they could be a dumpster fire. Am I wrong in thinking that it's literally yes or no, or do you think that they float around in the middle like they seemingly have been? Well, I like. I think if you're, I think you're, if I think if you're a Mariners fan or on the Mariners or a coat or you know, like you want it to either be yes or no. Stop being in the middle. So no. my hope is that that's what they see it as because the window is to me. The window is closing. Nelson Cruz, Robinson Cano, older. Um, yep. To try to bring some guy in. I do like D. Gordon coming over a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, But we'll see how he does out in the outfield now. Um, can Felix Hernandez do it again? Um, they've got a couple pitchers, but they don't have a ton. But you don't necessarily need the most elite pitchers because their park's so big. Mm-hmm. For, well, at least you don't need the pitchers. You don't necessarily – Okay, because the big park means there's more space in the gaps. Regardless, I really like a lot of this team, but I just don't like the fact that they're in the Astros division. No, that's a really good point. I mean, when you play a team like the Astros 19 times, it does, you know, it, it'll affect your record, you know, um, especially having to go to Houston for, you know, 10 of them or nine or 10. I don't have the exact number here, but they've made some, they've made some really good moves. You mentioned Healy who probably won't be the most, you know, off the wall impact player. He's going to play first base for him. Uh, He can play first and third, but he's not starting in front of Kyle Seager, but you have Seager, one of the better, I don't know where exactly I'd rank him, but he's one of the better, better third baseman in baseball, not close to the best, but up there. Still got Gene Segura. Still got Cano. You're absolutely right. Nelson Cruz older you still got Felix Hernandez a lot of this to me and a lot of where they've fallen into trouble in the last couple of years comes down to health right. Felix Hernandez couldn't stay off the DL he hasn't been able to stay off the DL the last couple of years Nelson Cruz ran into a little bit of trouble Robinson Cano ran into a little bit of trouble last year so to me it comes into if these guys are you know pumping out a great year and they go down can the next man up mentality help out the Mariners? Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And they, they've got a 16-year playoff drought, by the way. You know they that? really? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. So you can see why the urgency Holy is here. Shit. Which to me, this is a team where if they feel like they can make a move, they should make a move. How have we never, just as a quick side note, how have we never challenged the King Felix nickname if he's never been in the playoffs? I know. How well, have we not read it? Because I think baseball, of all the sports, is the least player, um, single player dominant. Yeah. Because because we've literally had, um, we we we've had um, what's his name? Uh, I'm sorry, we've had Mike Trout. How do I compare his name? Best player in baseball for the last three or four, five seasons, you might argue, and he's never been in the playoffs. I think he has once. I thought this. Oh, I think he went in like 2013. It was like second or third, third or second year in the league. Yeah. Yeah, but this to me is a team where if they decide they think they have a shot at even a wild card, I would expect them to make a 
a, a, a very splashy move. The one guy, by the way, that I would like to potentially see them go after, to be honest, mm-hmm. would be um, would be Joey Votto if they feel like they can afford him. Ooh, kind of see because Seager at, at third base has been nothing but a a bust to me. Okay, so I know I know Votto's got a big contract and he's beloved, but he's older, hasn't is not really on a contender. Yeah, he's um, not his brother, but he's still pretty solid. I would say. Right. No, you're right, but yeah, but he's not. But he's, but you now the other guy. By the way, we'll talk about him in a second. Who they could also go after. They the pitching would be uh, Cole Hamels. Okay. So I really like the Mariners if they feel like they're in a spot where it's they're teetering on getting into the playoffs or not going all in at the trade deadline, knowing that if they don't get it, they're probably going to blow it up this 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 year. Yeah. Like that's where I see them at at the moment, at least. Okay. Um, I'd also like to point out to to America. The mass definition of a bust is a guy that's hit 20 home runs for every year since 2012. So that's got some high expectations. Well, you. If you, I'm, uh, look, I'm a home run it. guy. I'm a home run guy. But <laughs> he's also batting two, batted 249 last year. Not, that's, that's true. That's not horrible. But, well, it's not it should It should be for, considered for a horrible. Third, for a power-hitting third baseman, it's not terrible. No, I understand. I uh. understand. But But once again... You're you're telling me you're going from from broke to fir- you know first to broke or whatnot. That's the kind of move if you want to make the playoffs, you get a guy not broke to first, uh, bust. Well, not bust. No. Sixteen playoffs. Playoff, draft. Playoffs are bust. You've playoffs not been in the playoffs for sixteen years. If you want to find a way and you go after a huge name at the deadline to get in, that's the kind of guy you could look at. You could look at a, um, and you could also look at a uh, a pitcher like Cole Hamels, possibly. Sure. At the same time, just looking at this. Does, works out so evenly for him because he's played exactly a thousand games. He has nearly a hit a game, 995 hits in a thousand games, 153 homers, 525 ribbies. So, oh, you know, basically a half an RBI game. He, he does strike out a little too much. I'd say that he's not in that same span of, of 20 home runs a year since 2012. He's not struck out a hundred times once it's also the year he played the most games. So take that for what you will. Uh, but still, I mean, he should have a batting wise. He should have, I would think an upward year. Cause really that's the lowest batting average he's had by far in his career. He's a career 263 hitter. So I, I wouldn't necessarily actively be shopping around him, especially when there are other positions that I think on their depth chart, you could mm-hmm. really try to go f- fill out especially if some guys don't step up like if mitch hanniger doesn't have a good That's second true. year in the league or ben gamble andrew romaine or romine and in, in left field i'd even argue at catcher if if you need to really go out and get somebody you could you could probably make a move there yeah how about this how about a, a different because we talked about their pitching might be a problem but how about um danny duffy yeah if exactly that's a good one too yeah so yeah i just like i said this is the team that to me of all the teams in the division, they're the ones that if they feel like they're hanging around the trade deadline, they should make a big time splash and bring in somebody good. Also, it's because I have a burning desire to see Joey Votto on a team that's contending because I love watching him and the Reds are the Reds. So let's get him moved. Anyway, that's enough for Joey Votto talk. That's a different division. So Yeah, so I mean, I think it'll be close. Um for them. I think you're right though. I think a good way to put it, because we've been talking about kind of the 
you know, non-waiver deadline of July 31st versus the waiver deadline, I think you're more likely to see Seattle make a move in July than you are in August. Okay. Yeah, I, no. would, I would agree. Right, right. I think I think if they're not hanging around in July and they're or they're kind of they're they're like fifth fifth place away from the second wild card, I don't think you see them making moves. I also don't think you see them selling because of the bigger names are either on a big contract, kind of like with the Tigers, and you don't want to you don't want to start messing around with the younger guys. Um, so I, I you know it'll be they'll be hanging around. But let's move on. The last team in the division the texas rangers who just the other day claimed a guy who don't bring it up no no don't bring it up it's gonna kill me to joe tommy joseph claimed off waivers by the texas royals or texas rangers jesus christ for those that don't know who he is which is probably most of the non-philadelphia listeners however many that there are of you Shout out to Greg. Tommy Joseph, solid. I would say he's in a pretty solid backup spot for the Texas Rangers, but he was all he'd been our starter for a while and kind of embodied that rebuild the Phillies went through. But he goes to a team that I think could be in for an interesting year. I think they're like the Mariners. They're they're kind of in between, I think, where the Mariners always want to be and where the Mariners always end up. They're kind <laughs> of that, that, you know what I mean though? Yeah, like They have guys who are very, very solid on their team. They still got Adrian Beltre, who seems like he's still 22. He's amazing. He's incredible. Joey Gallo's in for a big year. They still have Rugnet Odor. Sin Chu Chu is still hanging around there, who, you know, I think could have a huge year. Nomar Mazzara. You know, and and then that starting pitching. We talked about Cole Hamels. They have Matt Moore now. Doug Fister's there. Mike Miner, and then you know the the rest of that team. The bullpen's the only thing that's actually a little shaky. Right. Well, here's the weird. This this team. Let, let's talk about names. You brought up Tommy Joseph, but how about this? Bartolo Colon, mm-hmm. Tim Lincecum, mm-hmm. Edison Volquez, and Matt Bush, the former first overall pick. Like they brought in a ton of like like interesting guys. By the way. Yeah. I'm not saying any of them are going to work out. I just think it's I think they're a really fascinating team because this was a team when they were really, really good a couple of years ago. Everyone talked about how set up they were going to be. They yeah. also talked about how many guys we were trying to poach from them. I remember the Joey Gallo talks. Uh, I remember the Mazzara talks. I really wanted Profar, but he's never really broken. Partially, though, due to Odor, uh, Odor's um, rise. Yep. And they never move Andrews. But this team... I look at them, and other than the starting pitching, which I don't, I think is not great, but I, I, they've got some guys. They're an interesting team, in my mind. Yep. I mean, Gallo forty-one home runs. Like, yeah. Now, not a very good contact hitter, but I'll take forty-one home runs if you can make that work. You know, I'll, like that's that's like the Ryan Howard effect. If you can hit home runs, it's fine. Now, as soon as you stop hitting home runs, it's a problem. But anyway. Yep. There's like a lot of talent on this team for them to not be getting a lot of love in my mind. I would agree with that. I mean, at the same time, I think the fact that your bullpen is in a weird, in that, I don't want to call it experimental, but bringing in, you know, those older, older guys to, to kind of fill it in. 
And the one that picks that sticks out to me, who came over with Cole Hamels from the Phillies, Jake Diekman, who's been better for the Rangers than he was for the Phillies. But that name still kind of sticks out to me. I think their bullpen's what's really, I think, could hold them back. But it also, if these do work out, the, the rolling of the dice, if you will, I think it could put them in a position not to challenge Houston, but to challenge those other three. Those other couple teams that we were, you know, setting no, our sights on. Absolutely, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Like I said, they could just be really fun. But I get not re-signing you, Darvish. It's a huge deal to bring back a guy who, who I think is a great pitcher, but has had some injury issues. Yep. So, but then again, you know, hopefully they have a really terrible year, so they trade Cole back to the Phillies because we're in the playoff hunt. But anyway, I Do you imagine oh. after they sold that mega house. Oh, who cares? Bring him back. Mm. I want him back. I, I miss him. Just. You know, the gossip helps in baseball. We need to major league baseball needs to get to an end. All other sports need to get to the gossip level. Of the NBA has, oh, it's, so it's not as dramatic because mainly because you don't have guys like LeBron who, you know, drinks wine and Instagrams, but you need some drama at get somebody, no, but you're right. When get you another say fight. Go right. get a door, punch somebody again. No, but you're, you're really, when you say that the NBA has cornered the market, I mean, and by the way, they cornered the market on trade talk. They have not cornered the market on headlines because that will still continue mm-hmm. to be, to me, football. Yeah. Yeah, but their football. trade talk, you know why? Because they've gotten their stars, even though they never – like They market they, the shit out of their stars. But their stars also market their um, their trade deadline. Yeah. Like LeBron James, like to me, he may not leave Cleveland, but yeah. he, he's being coy about it. Why? Great marketing strategy. You know? Like, 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 I'm not saying loyalty is dead, but essentially he's basically using the lack of loyalty in today's world yeah. um, to, to drum up interest in both himself, but also to drum up interest in the league. And I, baseball doesn't do that enough. And, and I, I love the old school feel of baseball, but I do feel like some of the old school rules hurt him. And just, I'm just pointing it out. So I'm not saying they should go away. I just think they could help themselves a little bit. No, absolutely. and. I think you're absolutely you're right in figuring out how to bring baseball to that position that basketball has grasped on younger you know younger viewers. Major League Baseball is going about a lot of their ways to attract them. I think all wrong. You're speeding up the game, the stuff they're going to try to do in the minors, be pro or against it. I, I just don't think that's what brings in you know an 18 year old or kid in high school or middle school who never really watched baseball. They played basketball. They played football. Maybe they play lacrosse. And, you know, I, I just don't think it's bringing them in if they're not in a major market or in a team or in an area where your team's competing. But we're getting into a completely different subject that yes. we can always bring up another time. Quick we'll Sixers way. update. They're up 30 going into the fourth quarter. Ben Simmons knocking on the door for his fourth triple-double in five games. Matty D. I'm going to direct quote. I just got a text from our good friend out in Denver, Logan, watching the game two hours behind us. Sixers just desecrating the Grizzlies. Now, (laughs) and he's right. Now, the Grizzlies are in full tank mode. I mean, full. They are playing guys so out of position, it's almost embarrassing for basketball. To the extent of at least the Sixers put a point guard at the point guard position and a shooting guard at the shooting guard position. I don't know what the hell the Grizzlies are putting on the floor, and I feel bad for Marcus Hall. That being said, they are desecrating this team. I mean, just, just, just desecrating. Just defecating on them. Well, you could use that. That's a strong. That's even a worse term than. Uh, 
similar. Right, it, sounded similar. So, you know, it sounds similar. Yeah. You know. Right. You could mix those up pretty quickly in a conversation and get yourself in a lot of trouble. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, um, um, yeah. But but that, that wraps up the. We've gone through all. Wow. That was pretty. That was pretty solid going through all five. It was pretty solid on our part. This let's is though. Big, this is a big over. moment, though. I want to see. I'm really interested to see your your list here. Yeah. Let's start with you. We start with me on the the central. Who okay. do you got in fifth? I got to take the athletics by default. Yeah. I hate to do it to them, but I yeah. just think they're not even, they, they don't have anything in terms of, they're not looking to, to, to contend. Every team's looking to win, but their mindset isn't contention basically. No, I agree with you. It, it saddens me to have them there, but I think especially that starting rotation is, is not so strong. And I just think that's what's going to hurt them more so than other teams in the division. Oakland is five for me. Who do you got fourth? I've been back and forth because there's so many teams that are close here. I'm actually going to take the Mariners fourth. Ooh, I okay. About how I want them to make a move, uh, you know, but I just I don't think they make the move, and and I like a couple teams better. So I have them. I have them as four and fourth. I think they end up being a seller on the deadline, maybe moving a piece or two, um, or they make the mistake of going all in. So. Yeah, I could see that happening. I think they fall short of the playoffs. And of the chase, I think they they are a five of six month team. They kind of fall, you know, they run out of steam in September. That being said, I think they do have a very solid you know, run up to there. So I don't have them fourth. I have the Rangers fourth. Okay, I could be very excited about the Rangers. I could be dead wrong on them. We just talked about why uh, with a lot of the moves they made and looking at even some of the people that they that they either released or sent down to the minors. Um, but I, I just think that they're a couple pieces away where they could potentially do something like you were talking about trading an older guy, like a Cole Hamels. I don't think they'd trade Odor or Sinsu, Sinshu Chu or Joey Gallo, but if somebody really develops into, you know, this, this great role player, uh, to steal a term from basketball, but that you could send over and get a little bit of get some assets back. I think you could see you could see something like that happen, even with a guy like Matt Moore, who they just went out and got. Um, maybe if he has a great start of his year and they're really not contending, which you know, honestly, I think in a division with Houston, in a division with LA, even if Seattle makes a good push, I just think it's it's tough to pull yourself into that top three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That being said, I do have Seattle third. Okay. I think, like I said, they're, they're a five-month team. They they run out of steam in September. I'm going to say they, they're going to be around 500. They could, like I said, they're either so binary of yes or no that they could be in the 90s of wins. They could be in the mid-70s of wins. I think seeing them somewhere just above 500, um, you know, I, it's possible and it's probably what happens, uh, especially with it, it really depends on how many games Houston wins, to be honest. But I, I just think they run out of steam. They finish somewhere around 500 uh, and, and finish up in, in a third place in their division. OK, OK. The, the next I'm going to I'll give you my third. I'll yep. give you my third team and I mm-hmm. back and forth. And I'm going to hate to do it, but I'm going to take. The Angels of Anaheim. Ooh. Third. Now, I still think they've got a very good shot at a playoff spot this year, yep. a wild card spot. But I'm taking them third, and it's fully based 
on that starting pitching rotation. Yeah. There is not a guy on that rotation that I trust. And and I don't think there's enough behind it. I'm not impressed with that. They need to do something. They don't have it. But I'm also I also feel like the Rangers have a little bit of grind in them that you're about to see. And I'm really excited for that team. So I'm taking the Angels third. Leaving in the sizzle. Yep. I'm, I'm, they're fighting hard for a playoff spot. Mike Trout wins another MVP. I think that – I really do think he wins the MVP again. Um, but I'm going to have to take them in third this year. They're okay. a year away if they can hold on to their veterans. Okay. And, and yeah, they can I, get or sign a pitcher, however they do. Yeah, so I have them in second. I have, I think they make a push. I think they do probably win. So I want to clarify the Seattle comment. I think they actually win around 81 games. I use the around 90 if, if all if all gears click perfectly. Um, I think L.A. probably is a little bit higher than that, maybe 82, 83, 84 wins. Um, but I still think they fall short of a playoff spot. I think you're right. I think the starting pitching is going to be their big falter. But that lineup I feel pretty confident in to ma- be able to either manufacture – or slug in some runs. So I have them in second. Uh, and you have Texas in second. I do. I do. And and I not, not only do I have them in second, but I have them in I have them in the playoffs. Ooh. I just I just I feel strongly about them first, this year. First wild card or second wild card? Uh second wild card. Second okay. wild card. But I I I think they find their way in this year. Um and I and I think that also has something to do with we talked about the central and I also think it has something to do with the weakness in the AL, the now weaker to me AL East. But I think they're the second because I think there's two teams in the AL East that are near mortal locks at this point for the playoffs. Yeah, Greg, Greg and I talked about that in that podcast. Go listen to it if you haven't. We're going to replug that. Uh, but I, yeah, I think that's not a not a bad take at all. It's almost what Houston was able to do three years ago, uh, where they made a push. And made the playoffs as that second wild card team, and, and fell short to the Yankees, mm-hmm. who also were uh, you know making a push when they were kind of in between. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I, I mean that's not not a not a terrible take there. You know, it's, yeah, that's what I said. Um, they got I, a better starting rotation than than the Angels. I will absolutely admit to that. Yeah, I just like I said, I just think I think there's I, and I think Cole Hamels is a big factor there. Assuming he's healthy, um, he's the ace the Angels don't have at all. So, uh, but anyway, I think we both agree the number one team. I Houston. Think, I think they're they. I think they're a better team than they were last year. I think they're going to have a hundred over a hundred wins again. Um, and I think they're. I hate it's hard to pick, to win it twice, but they're my American League team this year. Um, I th- I think they've got a shot in that regard. So, just really excited to watch this this team that's gotten better. Garrett Cole is a dark horse. Um, Cy Young candidate on a staff that has a bunch of Cy Young candidates. I'm, I'm really excited to see him play. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I'd absolutely say he's because the thing about it is, is that you played in a team for like Pittsburgh where you won 75 games last year. You come over to a team that won a hundred games. It's the same thing that we saw with Justin Verlander after he came to the Astros, just turned it on. It was the Justin Verlander we saw in the mid to late two thousands when the, when the, you know, Tigers were making a run. So I think it's not, that's a really good, good observation. I think he does have a big year with a pitching staff. That's already pretty loaded. Mm-hmm. So, right. You know, I, I definitely think they win a hundred games, which kind of does 
make the rest of the division a little mixed on where they end up. I think, like I said, the Angels won 80 games last year. I think they they upped that a couple games. Same thing with Texas and Seattle. Uh, probably in in the same regard, it just gets a little more <clears throat> extreme, where Oakland loses you know loses some more games. They don't get up to 75 like they did last year, and then uh, that that middle three kind of kind of floats around 500. Yeah, I'm, I like that. I like that uh, presentation. And by the way, let, let's revert back to a quick th- note we made before. When I told you I was concerned about the Indians because mm-hmm. they didn't do um, – they, they kind of stood pat. They didn't jump in the arms race. Houston did. Like Houston made, a, made themselves a better team yep. in the offseason. I'm not saying the Indians are a worse team. I just think that Houston did more. The Yankees did more. Um, Red Sox did more. The Red Sox did more. Like they, they, they're in an arms race, and they went for it. Now, it could benefit in the, the Indians two or three years now from now when some of their prospects come up, but – Houston did a Houston went after some stuff and and they picked up a guy in Garrett Cole that I'm really high and I'm sure our intern slash uh, producer slash president Jared Barnes. Whoa, whoa, would, he's not the not his class president. Look, I can say what I can. Okay, it's, I, I'm free to say what I want in this podcast. Okay, you know. So I'm going to call him the president for now. Facts, what, but the facts are facts. See, man, when we when we crush him in 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 act in axe throwing, it'll be fine. That's true. So don't it's worry not about my it. president. I, okay. I am the captain, but as the president of the Pittsburgh of the Thunderbox Pittsburgh Pirate fan, uh, fan, a uh, bandwagon and fan <laughs> and fan fan organization, which is member one, yeah. um, he would tell you that. Well, I would hope he would tell you that losing Garrett Cole kind of stakes for them. So, <laughs> uh, no, no, he, um, yeah, it was a rough stretch of like two weeks for him with the Pirates, where they lose McCut, they first lose to the Jaguars in the playoffs, the Steelers too. Then I think the same day Garrett Cole gets traded to the Astros. Right. And then like about a week later, Andrew McCutcheon gets traded to the Giants. So it was uh not a not a fun week in Pittsburgh, but you know, they mm-hmm. they unfortunately still have Sidney Crosby, so they're not I I don't feel too bad for the city of Pittsburgh. No, I, I don't I don't either. So and and yeah. you know they, that you know, so anyway, and just pay Le'Veon. But anyway, um beyond that. Uh. <laughs> Beyond that, do you you had anything else uh, within the bullpen cart realm? We've, we, within this double packed episode, it's okay if we don't because these people no, have been so okay. nice to listen to us. No, I, that, that's really all I've got. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, my mind is is very much so firmly on the end of the seasons here for the Sixers and the Flyers. Yep. So I'm not trying to hate on baseball as much, but now that I'm doing some research and looking into the seasons more and more, starting to feel that buzz to get to the ball get to the ballpark though and enjoy a couple a couple games. No, so, I'm I'm very excited for it. Uh, you know it's interesting so, that it's the only baseball sport. starts in a week. Right, it's incredible, right? But yeah. it is it is the only sport where the the every other sport the beginning of baseball springs in the beginning of summer. No other sport does that. Yeah, so that's pretty nice. Well, it's very nice, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm excited for it. I have the Philly Spring Pass, so I'm uh, pretty excited for that. Nice, but yeah, you're right. With the the playoffs coming for both basketball and hockey, the end of the tournament, the Masters, I mean, all things spring are uh, coming our way. Oh, and by the way, and I will not let you forget this: the NFL draft is coming up, and so I'm pretty excited to get those podcasts on. If you want to learn a thing or two, I'm not Mel Kiper or Todd McShay, but I'll educate. I'll educate, you I'll educate on the prospects this year. I'm not getting into that now because I will talk for the next five hours in the draft, but we will get there. 
some live draft specials. Hopefully, I don't know. I, look, the whole thing I'm pretty fired up for. So it's um, a lot coming our way. There is, there is. Uh, uh, we're off. We're off for golf this week, right? We golf. Yeah. So no, no fantasy golf this week. The WGC match play is ongoing. Is ongoing. It's an interesting tournament. They've changed up the format, or they did a couple years ago. But instead of just doing a draw of 64 like the like the college basketball tournament, they make it group play, which I was talking to a guy in my office today, the same one that, that didn't want to watch the NCAA tournament but want to watch the Arnold Palmer. They do the group play, which is groups of four. So you play three matches over the course of three days. The winners of the groups move on to a 16-player tournament where you play – if you win the – if you play in all four rounds – you play morning and afternoon, both Saturday and Sunday. Why wouldn't you either do two matches today and then one tomorrow or one today, two tomorrow, and then make the you know the rest of the tournament kind of a little less spread out? I guess you want to have over the weekend when that's when people normally watch golf, have the most exciting parts all kind of in a day. So you're not having one or two matches on Sunday, but I don't know. It's a little interesting to me. I'm with you there. I'm yeah. with you there. But if you haven't seen Justin Thomas's shot today from the from the fucking weeds, go check that out. It's it's pretty incredible. And just prepare yourselves because the mat it's coming. Yeah. And I'm I'm so ready to see it. I can't wait. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, enough about golf. No, that's <laughs> no, no, no. That's it's good plug. Uh, that'll do it for us, though. Thank you so much. If you did stay all the way through this double packed episode, if you're skipping around and you happen to listen to the end of this we appreciate you too make sure to go check out the thunderblog thunderblogsports.com uh, for all of our blogs which quickly before i keep plugging our social media i do want to point out that uh or at least apologize you apologized the other day I, I feel like i should apologize my nightly roundups have not been as frequent within the month of march you know just getting ready to to try to pump out these podcasts and uh you know both with baseball college basketball and you know the hockey hockey and pro basketball seasons kind of winding down. You know, that's been more of a focus for me, but you know, we promise that the, that blog coverage is getting more and more bountiful as we, myself, Maddie D our good buddy, Ryan white, who's done a great job with soccer and some other people too, that are uh, coming through the pipeline, start producing more and more that is going to come out. So we really do appreciate that, but that is going to do it for us. Make sure to check us out on Twitter, thunder BLG, check us out on Instagram. Thunderblog sports is the handle there. Same thing on Facebook, but my man, Matty D, thank you so much. This was a ton of fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will catch you, I think, after the Sweet 16. Make sure to check out our Instagram on Friday because Matt and I are uh, going axe throwing. But that's going to do it tonight. Thank you again. Have a good night, everybody, and go Sixers. Yes, sir.